0: US President Joe Biden on Friday will sit down with Mohammed bin Salman, the leader of Saudi Arabia. He's been criticised, of course, because Mohammed bin Salman has been directly linked to authorising the killing of journalist Jamal Khasadji. Questions of human rights are going to be front and centre, but also the question of Saudi Arabia's influence on Islam around the world – the Wahhabi doctrine that has fueled a lot of the radical insurgencies of Islam from Al-Qaeda to Islamic State, and Saudi Arabia's role in the war in Yemen and its relationship with other countries in the region. Professor Samina Yasmin is Director of the Centre for Muslim States and Societies at the University of Western Australia.
1: No, I'm not surprised because it's really a question of a place of human rights and foreign policy of a superpower like the United States and the reality of geopolitics. So even though Joe Biden had been critical of MBS of Mohammed bin Salman and his alleged role in the murder of Khashoggi, the reality is that what's been happening in the region really pushed the U.S., necessitated for him to visit Saudi Arabia.
0: But, uh, Samina, what does it tell us, <clears throat> though, that, that Joe Biden is prepared to, to accept that he has to deal with someone, Mohammed bin Salman, who is being directly linked to ordering the killing, the brutal killing, of the journalist Jamal Hasodji? Is this the price of doing business?
1: I'm afraid so, because if we look at the history of human rights performance in the United States, but even other countries, human rights always get a backstage rather than the geopolitical considerations. Just like what Saudi Arabia and other Middle Eastern countries do when it comes to the question of a weaker minority in China. They don't talk about human rights so in the same way, when it comes to the United States looking at geopolitical scenario as it's emerging, they look at what is important for them, not so much what human rights agenda requires them to do. You might look at it as an indictment on Joe Biden's credentials as someone has stood up for human rights, but the reality is being leader of a superpower. Mm. That is under intense pressure. He has little room to manoeuvre.
0: But of course, when we talk about Saudi Arabia, there are ongoing Mm -hmm. questions about human rights more broadly, but also something that that there has been criticism in the United States of Joe Biden over, and that is Saudi Arabia's role in the 9-11 attacks and the families of victims who are still waiting for answers on that. Is that something that Joe Biden is even likely to raise?
1: I would doubt that because if we look at the way us saudi relationship has continued even since 9-11, while it's been obvious that a large number of people who were involved in 9-11 attack, they were of the Saudi origin, and Osama bin Laden himself was a Saudi citizen, the reality is that the U.S. has indicated very clearly that the oil and geopolitical considerations are more important for America. I think it's also linked to the fact that the United States, having assumed that after 9-11, if they introduced democracy in the Middle East by invading of Iraq, they would change the scenario. They realized that's not happening. So they went back to what you could look at as post-1979 strategy, that Mm -hmm. if Iran isn't there, Saudi Arabia is the main partner because of its oil capacity, because of it being the custodian of the holy places, and also because of its cloud among other Gulf states.
0: And so, Samina, it's almost as if we're saying, forget about the past 20 years. It's almost as if we're saying the war on terror never happened. We are prepared to go back to the world that existed before then. Because, of course, Saudi Wahhabism, the form of Islam that, has spread around the world and has been seen as complicit in the rise of of a hardline Islamist ideology that still exists and those groups still have loyalty to that ideology.
1: The U.S. has always been ignoring that dimension since nine eleven, and even before that. So to suggest that it's somehow now the U.S. leadership has come to that point is really missing the trajectory of their relationship. But the second point that I'd like to bring to the surface is that definitely Wahhabism and the way it was promoted by the Saudi leadership involving both the House of Saud and the clergy was responsible for Salafi thinking around the world. There was a lot of support for them and also indirect or direct support for the terrorist groups within Saudi Arabia, but Saudi Arabia has also moved from there. So while hardcore right-wing radical Salafi thinking is still present among sections of Saudi Arabia, the reality is that the inherent diversity, even in the Wahhabi thought, that was there but wasn't being allowed to flourish, is now getting more airtime. So we have to acknowledge that, despite all his failings and all the problems that we may think about when we're looking at Saudi Arabia, Mm -hmm. Mohammed bin Salman has shifted Saudi Arabia away from that rigid, radical reading of Wahhabism. The way I would look at it is that, from American point of view, maybe they are becoming more nuanced in their understanding of Wahhabism, and maybe they're also understanding that MBS with his vision 2030, and also his need to open up Saudi state a bit more for economic reasons, it is in American interest to not break the relationship.
0: Let me ask Samina about the broader geopolitical outlook in the region and how this visit fits into this, because we have several factors at play. You have increasingly closer ties between Arab states and Israel, Saudi Arabia Mm -hmm. and Israel, You have the tensions that, of course, have spilled over in the proxy war in Yemen between Iran and Saudi Arabia. And you have the influence of countries like Russia and China as well. What does a successful American foreign policy look like in dealing with all of those contested alliances, relationships and tensions?
1: At one level, successful American strategy in this region would be one where the majority of the states follow the U.S. understanding of what the new world structure needs to be, where Arabs and Muslims versus Israel dividing line is getting blurred and increased sort of willingness to cooperate. But I think the second, and that's the global geopolitical Mm. level at which we need to look at, a successful American strategy is one where both Russia... But more importantly, China is not having a strong foothold in the Middle East. And the reality is that since America invaded Iraq, soon after going into Afghanistan, gradually there has been a sense in the Middle East that America has sort of withdrawn. It's been there, but it hasn't really been there. So that's opened up the space for the Chinese the reality is that the Chinese agreements with these Gulf states mm. have given them greater presence from American point of view, because they created an image of being the director, quote unquote, of how the things should shape up in the Middle East has really become target of anti-Americanism.
0: But but so, the world is much more complicated. And I just want to finish on mm. this point. Is that successful outcome even possible because no matter no matter what you do you're going to face a blowback. Supporting closer okay. ties between Israel yeah. and Saudi Arabia is going to see a blowback from Iran. Iran and Saudi drawing more closer or a permanent end to the to the war in Yemen may see a blowback from Israel, Russia is in Syria and very close to Bashar al-Assad mm-hmm. and China, as you say, is is already in the region and increasing its presence in the region. The world is more complicated and America's position vis-a-vis other states less assured than it was during the 1970s. Isn't it?
1: I fully agree with your assessment because I think Americans are now trying to come back into the scene, trying to restructure the Middle East, South Asia, balance along the lines that they think is going to serve them. But because of the factors that you've identified and also the emerging situation because of the Ukraine war and also the mixing of religious ideas even by very progressive Muslims who partially talk about the language of jihad, really creates a very unpredictable situation. So I think American move in the Middle East at the moment in the form of Joe Biden's visit is an effort to retain some sort of significance and importance and control over the region. But the reality is that it's so different from where the U.S. was even in 70 when it lost Iran as its major ally. It's got a lot of competition from Russia, but definitely from China and also the countries within the region. They have got their own sense of identity. So with in the globalized world, I think, Americans, unless they recalibrate their idea of what a successful strategy is, and unless and until they start taking into account sensitivities in the region, I think I would agree with your assessment that their bet on the way they're hmm. trying to proceed is not really going to get them anywhere. Hmm.
0: Professor Samini Yasmin, thank you again for giving us your time.
1: My pleasure.
0: Professor Samini Yasmeen, Director of the Center for Muslim States and Societies, at the University of Western Australia.